Time for Money Matters on this Tuesday morning, February 13. Shane Oliver, Chief Economist with AMP, joins us as usual. Good morning, Mr. 40 Years at AMP. How are you? I'm good, Luke. How are you? I'm very good. Congratulations on that milestone. Your oh, big thank you. Your big thank night you. was the other night, and I was very privileged to be asked by Deanna to contribute to that. Gee whiz, I was the weak link in the in the congratulations. I tell you what, you had some big players there, including Ross Greenwood and a few others. You've done a fair bit in 40 years, Shane Oliver, including your, t- your Tay-Tay T-shirt, which is on our Night Shift Facebook page now. <laughs> that's right. That, that'll be the highlight of my career. That's, that's all you want. That, that's, that's, all you, that's all you want. Shane, a few important things I want to talk about. Um, our stock market dropped a little bit yesterday, um, and mostly due to a big hit to CSL, Commonwealth Serum Laboratories, which uh, was a huge, huge company. And they've taken a bit of a hit due to a pharmaceutical that was supposed to be uh, a great cure or a preventative medicine for second heart attacks. And everyone was very, very excited about it. And anyway, apparently the data didn't match up and they've stopped research and they've taken a hit. Well, that's, yeah, that's always the problem with drug companies. You know, they, they, they come up with a drug that promises a lot, and then of course uh, sometimes the results don't measure up, and that seems to have been what happened has happened here. And as you say, it has been a big hit. Big hit. It's been the biggest dragger on the share market yesterday. It was down 4.8 percent. Like I have no doubt that it will recover over time. CSL is a fantastic company that's had lots of uh, uh, major breakthroughs in terms of drugs, so I wouldn't get too concerned about it. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a hit yesterday. Yeah, okay. We'll get to um, the all odds in the Australian dollar in just a second. I wanted to talk to you this morning about stamp duty. A new report has found that stamp duty is costing buyers over five times more than it did just one generation ago. Stamp duty for a median price $1.11 million home in Sydney now costs about six months of full-time income after tax. It's about $44,500, which is equivalent to about 5.4 times higher than 1,500 or 1.1 months of full-time post-tax income back in the mid-1980s. Shane, the government's not going to withdraw a tax especially something that's uh, giving them as much money as stamp duty. But really, does it need to be looked at considering we have a housing shortage and we've got first-home buyers really struggling? Look, it, it certainly does, Luke, and I get depressed. Uh, it seems the politicians love to talk about curtailing negative gearing uh, because that means more revenue coming into Canberra, um, but they don't want to investigate these things like stamp duty, which could, of course, cost revenue but it's a major impost. You know, 44500 in Sydney, 42500 in Melbourne, six months' worth of average pay just to pay the stamp duty to get into the property market. This is totally ridiculous. And that study just highlighted all the problems with this. It's, they even say it stops people having kids, stops people changing jobs. You now, if you're thinking about moving from, say, Sydney to Brisbane or something, you've got stamp duty imposts along the way. Um, it also has the effect of stopping people downsizing. You, know, you get a, a family home, coupled with a few kids, they move out, empty nesters. They they probably might have thought about downsizing, but they put that off or don't do it because they're worried that if they do that and they sell their home, then they've got a huge stamp duty impost to get into the next one, even even though it's downsized. So that 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 yeah gums up basically the property market and mm. just worsens affordability, not just the upfront cost, but the fact that you've got to lose people who don't want to downsize. So 
it really does need to be looked at. Uh, there is a, a program in, in Canberra to adjust and switch over to land tax. That's the way we should be going, not paying the upfront. How would cost. that work? Well, in fact, New South Wales, the previous New South Gov government was trialling it and it was very, very popular against, uh, amongst new home buyers. So rather than paying the 44 grand up front, uh, which just delays the time when you can get into the property market, you, you, you commit on that property to pay something like $1,000. I don't know how much the precise amount was, $1,000 every year. Uh, so for eternity, that property would have a land tax attached to it. And of course, over time, the two would, would catch up and end up with the same amount of revenue going to the ah, state government. That coffers. is a better so idea. It's a far better idea. It's far fairer and, and a better way of doing things. But of course, it does entail this transition when you're switching away from getting 45000 up front to uh, getting 1000 or 2000 up front uh, on a regular basis. So that's, that's the problem. And that's why governments often don't want to do it. But it's the sort of thing we really need to do not fiddling around with negative gearing and things like that, which aren't really going to solve the problem. This is, this Sampute is a major, major problem. Mm. And it does depress me a little bit as an economist that we can't seem to fix this problem. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's very, very upsetting. I, over the weekend, uh, we had lunch with uh, some family and friends. Amongst them were four millennials. There was a 34-year-old, a 29, a 28, 26-year-old. And the conversation came up, do any of you, uh, feel the urge to have children anytime soon. All of them said, nah. Why? Because they're too expensive. We, we, we're, too, we're too, our rent is sky high. We would love to get into the property market, but there's no way we can get our stamp duty to get together while we're paying the rents we're paying. It's just ridiculous. I, I, to be honest with you, I find it depressing. You know, when you and I were trying to get into the property market, 30 odd years ago, it was, it was feasible. And I thought, oh, we yeah. had 17% I mean, it, interest. I know we had 70% interest, but it came down over time and our wages went up and it wasn't such a burden, but the property prices, the upfront hurdle, I think back then mm. it would take you, if you, you just put all of your income into buying the deposit, it would take you four years to save the deposit. Now it takes people 10 years just to save the deposit, just to get the deposit together. Uh, so that's, that's a major problem. I think, and it, it also has an intergenerational aspect. One of the good things about Australia was it always had this concept of the fair go. Everyone could get a quarter acre block or whatever mm, it was. Mm. That that Aussie fair go concept is sort of gradually going out the window. And fair enough, you know, I benefited from it um, as the prices went up, but I just don't think it's fair. I'd rather have far more affordable property. I still would have seen some capital gain on my, my uh, property. It would have gone up, I reckon, but nowhere near as much as it has. But I reckon I'd be quite happy if that were the case because it would make younger generations uh, feel a lot happier. Whereas at the moment, we've got this massive intergenerational divide and that's resulting in all sorts of tensions. Yeah. Shane Oliver is with us uh, with Finance, Chief Economist with AMP. Shane, let's have a look at the markets yesterday. I, I mentioned at the top, we, it took a bit of a hit um, and, and uh, it didn't follow Wall Street. No, Wall Street went up. Wall Street had a good gain, uh, and that was on the back of some revisions to inflation numbers, which just confirmed that inflation in the US is falling. Uh, the, the problem with our market was we got that big whack from, uh, from CSL, which, which weighed down the healthcare sector. Uh, in fact, it was the healthcare sector, which was the big drag. It was down 3.2%. Uh, whereas the, other, the rest of the market, there was a bit of weakness in energy stocks, but the rest of the market was fairly mixed. Uh, but obviously that dragged us down. We're down 30 points, 0.4%, uh, 7,615. 
on the ASX 200. So not a great day. And of course, uh, we, ha we have come off those highs a little bit. I, I tend to see this as really just a bit of a correction. I don't think it's a major problem. Uh, I don't think the issues at CSL are going to affect the whole of the market. They certainly won't. Um, but obviously a bit of a drag. Interesting one yesterday, I reckon, was JB Hi-Fi. Its profit was down oh, 20%. Um, it's it's unbelievable. It's got to be Australia's most successful retailer, hasn't it? Well, it, it has been. It had a, rat, a rough trot. Everyone knows we're all struggling out there, doing it tough in terms of spending. That affected JB Hi-Fi. But the market thought, well, that wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Uh, it was actually better than expected, even though profits were down and dividends were cut. And so JB Hi-Fi share price went up 7%, uh, which just tells you the way the market's sort of starting to look at things now. When something's, when the market already knows about a problem, i.e. That, that consumer spending is down, it's sort of looking through that and saying, well, you know, interest rates are going to come down. It won't be too bad. Uh, they're looking forward. And that's what pushed the JB Hi-Fi share price up. But it certainly wasn't enough to help the overall market, as I said, down 30 points yesterday. Uh, one more thing I've got to ask you is Coles. Coles has asked some of its suppliers to cut their prices to reflect cooling inflation. And with those savings, likely to fund a discounting blitz just as the supermarkets face political and community heat over food and grocery prices. We've already talked about that. We've talked about the duopoly. We've talked about should there be an inquiry into Coles and Woolies not paying the farmers the correct price. Um, your thoughts on Coles now asking their suppliers to take a hit? Look, that that I guess if if they've got a reasonable argument, I haven't looked into all the suppliers and what the, the story might be there. But uh, I mean, when you look out there, we are seeing lower costs in many items. And fair enough, that should mean lower costs um, on the goods that that Coles are buying, and they should then be able to pass that on to their to their customers. So as long as you know, this is all fair and reasonable and no one's being ripped off, including the suppliers, and Coles passes it on, uh, then that, that I reckon is, is fair enough. Um, but obviously there are various inquiries going on. I think the federal government's uh, looking into one regarding, uh, chaired by Craig Emerson, uh, so we'll see how that one unfolds. I mean, if you look at the history of these things, you could make an argument, well, Coles and Woolworths do compete quite aggressively with each other. Uh, so there is competition there, but you can always make an argument for more competition. And unfortunately, we don't, arguably, we don't have enough of that. Yeah. Shane Oliver is with us. Okay, quickly, the all odds and the Australian dollar. Well, the, the Aussie market, as, as we were talking about, down 30 points, not the best day. Um, healthcare was the big one in all of that. But the Aussie dollar managed to hang in there just above 65 US cents. Uh, and I think that's partly, you know, the market's sort of secretly hoping that the Fed's still going to cut interest rates more than the RBA will, and ultimately that will help the Aussie dollar. But it's still a long way from that 68-cent high where it was uh, back in early January. Yeah, it was. You and I both thought it would get to 70, didn't we? We did. In fact, I thought it might get to 72 cents uh, this year. I, I think it still might. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit iffy at the moment. All right. Hey, Shane, always good to talk to you. Talk tomorrow, hey? That'll be good. Thanks, Luke. Shane Oliver from AMP. Here on the Night Shift on Triple M.